Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Happy Wednesday and happy September. We are in a new month, uh, which is super exciting. Um, I hope you've had a good summer. Um, hopefully it's not going to suddenly just disappear um, and we'll, <laughs> we'll still have some nice weather in September. I've got out of just starting each episode with the weather, so sorry. that um, <laughs> That's where my head's gone today. But welcome back. Hope you are doing well, that you're having a good week so far. And before we get into today's fab, fab conversation with Paul, massive thank you to JR who joined us on Monday talking about money and finances and uh, something which is one of the biggest stresses for a lot of us. So I really hope that you found that useful. Um, And today, yeah, we're getting into um, not letting obstacles get in your way. We're getting into mindset, self-love, talk about perseverance, grit. So some really, really great stuff. And Paul shares really graciously his story with us. So um, I really hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And I'll be back super quickly at the end. Hi, everyone. And I'm really happy to welcome today's guest, Paul, to the podcast. So Paul, welcome. And if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Thanks, Hannah. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm a mindset coach and I help people rewrite their story and take control of their lives to take their pen back and write the story they want to write, not for anybody else, but who they want to be as who they are. That's how I've lived my life. My whole life, people have wanted to take the pen from me and write whatever story they wanted for me, but I refuse to give up my pen. So if it's okay with you, I'll just dive into my story. All right. So uh, I was born with uh, what's called cerebral palsy. And if your viewers don't know what that is, it's lack of oxygen to the brain at birth. So um, when I was born, I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. And my mom was very, very concerned about that, obviously. So she took me to a specialist to see why I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. And after some testing, um, they were, they diagnosed me with cerebral palsy and they thought at the time it was so severe that I would never be able to walk. And it would be a good idea when I got to a certain age to get me used to being in a wheelchair. Well, thank goodness for a great mom. Um, she didn't go with that diagnosis. She got other opinions and found a physician after searching for months and months of somebody that was willing to help us to help me on my cerebral palsy. And with this physician's help, I was able to walk at age three, which was obviously a huge feat because every other doctor said I was never going to be able to walk. So obviously that was, that was great. I don't remember that, but I do remember being put into soccer when I was about five or six years old. And at the time I could probably run about 25 to 50 yards and the other kids are running laps around the soccer field. And basically I'm just standing there. And I remember going to my mom going, this is ridiculous. I don't want to play soccer. I'm making a fool out of myself. Uh, I'm just standing there and these other kids are playing soccer. And my mom telling me, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's fine. But we have to honor our commitments. You have to finish out the soccer season. And if you don't want to play soccer after that, 
that's your prerogatives. And that's basically what happened. I finished out the soccer season and I haven't played soccer since. But I got a game changer. I had surgery on my right foot right, you know, right after the soccer season it, to give me a little bit more spring in my step and to take away the pain I was feeling when I ran. And I didn't know how big of a game changer was going to be. But I remember switching schools around this time. And I remember my first day uh, at uh, PE, physical education, and uh, we had to do our stretches. And the teacher goes, OK, run a lap. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. I'm going to run 25 to 50 yards and I'm going to have to stop. And these kids are going to see that and they're going to start to tease me. But because of my surgery was different, I was able to go past that point where I normally have to stop. And I remember saying to myself, come on, Paul, you got this, bud. keep going, keep going, keep going. And I finished the lap with the, with the other kids on the outside. I kept it nice and cool, but on the inside, I was like, yes, yes, yes. The first time in my life where I just fit in, where I didn't stand out and due to the surgery, things started to get easier for me, but I wouldn't consider them easy. I switched schools again in uh, junior high, middle school time. And that's just a tough age to, to switch schools. You know, all the kids are going through hormonal changes. We're all becoming teenagers. Um, and the, these kids have been going to school with each other for years and years, and they already had their clicks. So just being a new kid alone is tough to just break in that way. Well, I was a new kid with a disability. I hold my right arm a little bit differently. I walk with a little bit of a limp. So I stood out. So I was bullied, teased uh, pretty much every single day. It was really, really, really tough. And, and around the same time, I was raised Catholic. So my mom wanted me to go to a Catholic high school. So my mom, I had to take an assessment test to see where I was going to be at academically. Well, I must have bombed the test because when I met with that principal, they said, we're going to put Paul at the lowest level possible. And uh, I don't expect much from him. He's not college material. After one test, the principal says this to me. So I'm going back to school. I have this bad news that I'm not college material. I feel like I'm stupid. I'm getting bullied and teased in school. I'm going in my room, crying myself to sleep, saying to myself, why me? Why do I have to be different? Why can't I just fit in like with the other kids? And I don't know what came over me, but uh, midway through my eighth grade, right before high school, I was just sick of feeling anger and sad all the time because those were the, my go-to emotions. But I knew deep down they, they weren't my go-to emotions. But because of the environment I was in, those were the emotions that were coming out the most. And um, so I thought to myself, what could I do to distract me from feeling these feelings of uh, anger and sadness all the time? And I thought, what if I set a goal for myself so I could focus in on the goal and kind of ignore the noise that I'm feeling on the, on the outside there? So I thought, well, well, what could I do? And I said, well, at the time, I really, really loved baseball. So I thought, what if I may try to make my varsity baseball team in high school? So I said, okay, let's go. So I played fall ball, winter ball, spring ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the wall. And I was doing this constantly. And the great thing about this goal, I didn't know this then, but I definitely know this now happened. I was putting out a different energy to these kids. I, was, I had more confidence in myself. I had my shoulders back, my head up. And as a result of this new energy that I was sending out to these kids, instead of them bullying and teasing me, they started rooting for me. So my junior high, middle school career, as opposed to my high school, was completely different, all because of my energy shift, and was, which was just tremendous. That alone was a big feat right there, just doing that. But I was able to make my varsity baseball team as a junior and a senior. And I graduated high school and um, I thought back of that great, you know, feat that I just did. Somebody with cerebral palsy 
somebody that wasn't supposed to be able to walk making a varsity baseball team. I started to think about what that principal said to me years earlier, saying that I was not college material because throughout high school, I kind of mailed it in. I just stayed uh, enough to be eligible to play baseball because I thought in my head, I was like, well, what's the point of trying harder? I'm not college material. Who cares? Just, just do enough. Don't waste time and then play baseball. That was my mantra going through it. And I thought, well, now my baseball career is over. And I, I made this, this goal and I was able to complete it. I go, well, why don't I set another goal for myself? Why don't I set a goal to say that I am college material? So I enrolled into a junior college because that was the only place that would accept me at the time. And I got myself a regular tutor. I got myself a math tutor. I went to the math lab and I did everything necessary to increase my grade point average. And as a result of all this hard work, I was able to take my barely a 2.0 all the way to 3.5, where I was able to transfer to a four-year university where I was able to graduate college. And I so wanted to go back to that principal and say, see, see, we're wrong. I was college material. But you know what? It really didn't matter. I, I should probably thank her because maybe I not, might not have hit the books as hard as I did if I didn't have her voice in my head saying I wasn't college material. So in the end, maybe maybe that was the 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 boost I needed to get through it. So now I graduated college. I have no life experience whatsoever. I have no idea what the heck I want to do with my life. And I had a family friend who was a CEO of a small bank. And he said, why don't you try becoming a mortgage loan officer? I'll hire you. I'm like, why not? I got nothing else I'm doing right now. Let's go. So he hires me and I get in and nobody wants to talk to me. I'm getting shunned. And I'm, I'm thinking this is really weird, but I quickly realized what the issue was. They knew I knew the CEO of the company, so they knew it was because of my name and not because of my talents they had. So their plan was they were going to chew me up and spit me out as, as fast as possible because I didn't belong there. So it was another goal for me. I was going to prove them wrong. So I put my head down. I worked extremely hard. I had a great attitude. I never complained about the workload. And from, from afar, because they did not want to talk to me, I was observing what the top loan officers did on a daily basis. And I remember my first day of wanting to go out in the field and, and get loans the first, first time. And I remember uh, my family friend stops me and goes, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm going to go out and get some loans. I'm, I think I'm ready. And he has a concerned look on his face like, no, 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 no. You are definitely not ready. Let's get you some more training and then we'll get you out there. I'm like, no, 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 I got this. So it's like, okay. So I go out there and I'm falling on my face. I have no clue what I'm doing. Uh, clients are beating me up. I don't, I, I am just doing horrible. But slowly but surely, I started to figure out value I could add to these clients. And once I started to understand the value I could add, slowly but surely, I got loans and more loans and more loans and more loans. And two years later, I became a top producer in the company. And a lot of people that didn't want to talk to me when I first got there are now coming to me with questions on how I was able to get so many, so many loans at such a short period of time. And I really, really, really enjoyed the mortgage industry for many years. Then 2008, 2009 hit and the economy just tanked and I would get a job in the mortgage industry and the whole company would go belly up and I'd have to get another job in the mortgage industry and they, I, that company would go belly up and I would get so frustrated and I was really starting to lose the luster of the, of the industry. But I remember a, uh, one of my last jobs that I had in the mortgage industry, they brought in this motivational speaker to pump us up, pump up the sales number. And the guy blew me away. The guy was tremendous. And after the presentation, I, I made a point to talk to him, to tell him how great of a job he did. 
and he was gracious. He allowed me to pick his brain. He said he started as a life coach. I'm like, life coach, what in the heck is that? And he explained that to me. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's what I want to do. Well, you know, I want to do that. So on my off time of being a mortgage loan officer, I was getting my coaching certificate and I was doing everything necessary to get everything in order. And my plan was to do the mortgage and then do the coaching on the side. And I was telling people, you know, I want to be a life coach and people are kind of humoring me. Okay, whatever, bud, you're a life coach, whatever, go out and get loans, kind of humor me. And then things started to get real. I got my website up and everything else and I was doing it on the side. And then um, the legal team at the company I was working at was like, what are you, what are you doing? And I explained, you know, the side gig I was doing with the coaching and I'm like, this could be a conflict of interest. Let's get, uh, we need to get it back to you on this. So I said, okay got back to me with this five page report of what I couldn't, couldn't say. Uh, and I'm like, if I follow this to the T, I'm not going to make any traction in the coaching industry. So I'm like, I'm going to have to make some hard decisions here. So for a year, I paid down my debts. I did, I changed my spending habits. I did everything necessary to, to set myself up. And a year later, I quit the mortgage industry and people were like flabbergasted, like, what in the heck are you doing? You just made president's club. You're a loan officer. This coaching thing is nonsense. This and that you're going to be back. Like, no, I want to give it a go. So I did it. I quit, started coaching and I was not doing well. I was not getting any traction. Nobody wanted to hire me. It was just a mess. And I started to realize, I started to think to myself, how do I expect these people to be vulnerable with me if I'm not vulnerable with them? See, the story I told you about having cerebral palsy, I wanted to bury that story. I don't want to tell anybody that story because all through my childhood, all I wanted to do was fit in. I didn't want any special treatment. I just wanted to be one of the other kids. So if I even brought up cerebral palsy, I would almost be in tears talking about it. I didn't want to go there. But I thought that the only way I'm going to get traction in the coaching world is if I'm be vulnerable. And once I started being vulnerable with people, things started to open up for me. I had my first clients. I remember saying to me, you know, I don't have cerebral palsy, but I have this. And I think that you can relate to me. And I think you could really help me. And then we just started and it just started building and building and building. And that's, bring, that's what brings me here today talking to you. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you're here. And thank you so much for, for sharing your story and amazing just you know kind of where where you've got to and and the um the real I guess like perseverance and determination particularly when you hear things from your principal and well not your principal the principal of that that school and I mean there are so many things um from what you've shared that that I was like wow but that one I my background's um as a teacher and I worked with a lot of young people who mainstream education kind of writes off and and I remember from my own schooling and I was you know, pretty academic and I had a math teacher in like year two. So like infant school, <laughs> I did a math test. It didn't go well. I was having a bad day. I don't know. And she was like, why, you know, and it just put me off maths for that year. I like avoided the, the lesson. And I think teachers don't realize the impact they can have like a passing comment and how that can, and, and for you, in some ways, it sounds like it really like motivated you to prove her wrong, but can really have a detrimental effect as well. And so many of the young people I worked with have been through that cycle where, you know, people have said stuff about their ability and, and I, I just, um, it, it just angers me <laughs> going around, but, you know, I, I think that um, it's an amazing story that, that you've shared with us. Um, 
I also um, was curious about bullying because I was bullied at school as well. And, and I wonder the kind of impact that's had on you, if that's had like a lasting impact in your life now, or whether that's something that you've kind of dealt with the, the sort of the impact of that. Well, absolutely. It has an impact in my life. I mean, I still think about uh, situations I was in when I was bullied in middle school and junior high t- to this day. So it's definitely uh, impact me. And, and another thing that's kind of um, interesting about it is I still keep in touch with a lot of people. Uh, that I went to high school with. And I do not keep in touch with one person from junior high and middle school. So that's kind of interesting thing that I haven't, but you know what? I have forgiven all those, all those kids. I have forgiven them. Uh, You know, I don't know what was going on in their life. I don't know what there was going on with their parents, what there was going on in their private life. So maybe there was stuff going on in their lives and, you know, and they didn't know any better. So they lashed out at somebody that was weaker than them at the time. So, I, I have no ill will towards them. And if I, I see them and I have um, seen them, you know, in my adult life and I, I don't have any ill will towards them, um, I've forgiven them. So it has made an impact in my life, but I think it's made a, a, a positive impact in my life, to, to be honest with you, because I'm very sensitive to bullying now. So whether I'm in the workplace or, or coaching or whatever I'm doing, very sensitive to that. And I tried to, uh, to use my vocabulary, my words that I'm not bullying anybody else and I'm lifting people up. So I think it's, it has put it, uh, actually a positive impact in my life that I went through bullying. Yeah. Thank you, Shannon. It's something, cause I sometimes reflect on the impact that it's, it's had on my life. So I'm, I'm curious about that. And it, and it seems from um, what you just shared there and through this, that you are able to kind of find the the positive lessons in things that maybe are challenging that you you set your mind to a goal you get through it and then something that that maybe was a very difficult experience kind of see something positive from it and I guess that brings us into like mindset um and, and you're a mindset coach and so mindset is something we've we've talked about before on the podcast but I always like to do like a little definition so when you say mindset we know kind of what what you mean by it? Well, I think mindset and self-love go hand in hand. If, if you don't have the proper mindset and if you don't have that self-love, it's going to be very hard for you to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish in life. you got to really love the person you are right this moment, not who you were in the past, not who you want to be in the future, but right now who you are, warts and all. And that's, that takes work and, and it has to be done on a daily basis. So one of the things that I have my clients do, and I do myself, is when um, you wake up in the morning, before you start your morning routine, start to think about things that you're grateful for, or that's going well in your life. It could be your family, your spouse, your your job, sense of humor. You know, you could have had a rotten day the day before you're alive, and you get a, you get to continue on with your story. And what that does is it programs your mind to start to point out all the positive things that could happen. Like you could get something on your phone that says free coffee up. The day is going to get better and better and better because you can go the opposite way, right? You can go, you could be driving to work and you can get a flat tire and you go, just my luck. This would happen to me. I would get a flat tire. And I would say to that person, yeah, that is your luck because you're looking out for the negative things that happen in your day. How many times when you buy a car and you drive around and all of a sudden now you see that car all over the place? You know why? Your mind's looking for it. 
It's the same thing with a positive and negative mindset. So it's so, so, so important that we start our day off on the right foot, that we have the right mindset because we all want to accomplish something. And the only way we're going to truly accomplish it is who we got to love who we are. And that translates into our mindset. I am so much more productive when I'm happy. I am not very productive when I'm angry and sad. I'm not at all. A lot of times I'll just shut down and that's okay. And I don't want to, I don't want your viewers to think we should just be falsely happy. That's ridiculous. That's not, that's not what I'm saying here. We're all human beings. If you feel anger and you feel sad, that's okay. You're entitled to feel those feelings because you're a human being, but there's going to be a point in your life where you're going to say to yourself, I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be sad anymore. How can I change it? And the easiest way to start changing it is to start to think about what is going well in your life right now and focus in on that. So I, hopefully that gave you the definition that I go with. It did. Yeah. And, and I guess it's, um, you know, I was the question that's forming in my mind, which you uh, covered was if you are feeling angry and sad, how do you, you know, what do you do with that so that you're not just kind of denying it to move through? And I imagine there's an element of that, you know, thinking of what's going well in your life. Like when you first start doing it, you go, like, there's no, <laughs> it yeah. takes a while. If you have to almost like kind of yeah. fake it to make it kind of thing, go like, right, this is probably going to be helpful and I'll give it a go. And then at some point I will feel the benefit. Whereas when we first start out, it's maybe. <laughs> well, for, first off, I think that people stop themselves. Like, they're still angry and they're still sad and they stop themselves. They want, you know, I want to stop. I don't want to. And I think you got to, you got to go the course. If you're still angry, fill it out a little bit longer. If you're sad, fill it out a little bit longer, let it run its course. And then once it runs your course, you'll get tired. You know, you'll feel like, okay, I got it out. I, I don't, I, now I, I don't want to feel that way anymore. And that's when you focus in and it could be something so simple. It could be, you know what? I just got a new, I just got, I, I just got a new, uh, uh, I don't know, washer and dryer and it works really, really well. And I like that and just focus in on that and then just build and build and build, but go the course. Don't, don't, I think people feel bad when they feel bad. You know what I mean? And they think, Oh, I got I gotta be happy. And that, sometimes that's just not reality. So just go the course a little bit longer, feel it a little bit longer. And then you'll, you'll know, you, you'll, you'll feel in your gut and you'll be like, okay, all right. I got all that out. I, I know I, I I'm sad, but I know I got the sadness out a little bit. I want to change my mood now. And that's when you can start focusing on it. But, but, but be okay. You just got to be okay with being angry and sad a little bit longer sometimes and, and let it all out. Yeah. Cause like you said, we're humans and we have, all these emotions and I think particularly those sadness and anger um are the big two aren't they that they're uncomfortable to feel yeah. so we often do, <laughs> don't want to feel them so like yeah. go away and trying to push them down but actually mm-hmm. they look <laughs> yeah they do yeah if you the more you push it down that's the worst because you'll you know your bucket I like to say this your bucket will start to get full and full and full and full and then we'll just dump and you don't want to get it to that point you just don't, you just want to handle your emotions when you feel it, you know, that way, that way you can, that way you can move forward. Um, I think it's extremely important. So we've talked a little bit about self-love and about emotions and all that really great stuff. Um, and I know something else that you talk about is kind of overcoming obstacles. And I know you've obviously shared in your story about obstacles that you've overcome. Do you have any advice for any listeners who have something going on in their lives that they're just, they can't see like a way around or through or of how they can overcome that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if, if, if I get your question correctly, they're feeling frustration. They feel like they're hitting a wall. They're in a rut. They just, they just can't get over it. And uh, a few things that I feel like you should, you should do. One is do something different altogether. You know what? That could be, that could be going on a vacation. That could be reading a book that you normally don't read. That could be seeing a movie you don't normally see, but do something different out of your routine, something completely different. Sometimes when you do that, it will jog something in your, in your, in your mind and will create something in your mind. And then once you rest your mind and do something different that you normally don't do, sometimes going back to whatever your, your, your issue, your problem is, and you'll all, all of a sudden you'll have another, another way around that wall. So I would say just, just first off, give yourself patience and love. That's number one, but do something different. Get yourself out of that rut. Um, I know some people like, oh, I don't have time to take a, a, a vacation. I'm, you know what? You will be more productive doing that than just, just keep ramming your head against the wall. You're not, you're not going anywhere. You might as well stop what you're doing and do something completely different and come back to it. And, and believe me, that's more efficient than keep, you know, banging yourself on the wall because you're like, I need to find a way. I need to find a way. Sometimes you need to rest your mind and do something different. Well, there's the uh, the magic thing that happens sometimes where you've got something you can't figure out and then you like go for a walk. We have a shower and suddenly you have like this epiphany in the shower. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's the answer. So, it, yeah, the, I mean, a vacation would be lovely. <laughs> yeah. But it can, yeah, like you said, it can be smaller things as well that something can kind of bubble up from somewhere when we're not stressing over it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, Paul, before I ask you my set questions, I ask everyone that comes on, I wonder if you have a final thought on anything that we've talked about or life in general that you want to share with us. Yeah. I feel that if you believe you can achieve, you know, so often in in life, you know, as kids, you know, you know, when we're two or three years old, we feel like we're superheroes. We can jump off chairs and don't get hurt and this and that but then life starts to limit us and we get to a point where we 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 don't even want to tell people our goals because we're kind of shy about well i i want to i want to do this but you're worried about what other people think about your goal so you keep it keep it inside yourself and i want you to channel that two or three year old you and go you know what shout it out, shout out that goal. So the world can hear. Now I know that there's goals that you need to keep to yourself. And that's, that's not what I'm talking about, but there's, there's so often there's goals that you have in your mind that you do not want to put out there because you're so afraid of what other people are going to say about it or think about it. And I say, stop that. Tell everybody what your goals are, because when you're authentically you, people are drawn to you. People draw into who you are. So if this is a goal that's coming from your heart and soul, People are going to go, yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it, because they feel that authentic self that you're, that you're projecting. So tell the world your goals, go after your goals, and don't worry about what other people think about it. Yeah, amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the set questions that I ask everyone that comes on. Um, and the first one is, what brings you joy in your life? What brings me joy in my life is worrying about, or not worrying about, but living in the present moment. That has changed my life so much. 
enjoying the journey of where I'm taking it right this moment and not so worried about what happened to me in the past or where I want to go in the future. Yeah, I have lofty goals and I tell everybody my lofty goals, but I don't want to lose sight of right now and enjoying what I'm doing this moment and being present. I think that is so important in life that we enjoy what we're doing on the daily basis, because that's the only thing guaranteed is what we are right this moment. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And then my next one, uh, sometimes similar, sometimes not, is what makes life meaningful for you? What makes life meaningful? You know what? Helping others makes things meaningful for me, whether it's just smiling at somebody while I'm at the grocery. I know everybody's wearing a mask now, so that might be a little bit tougher, but, but you know what I mean? Smiling at somebody because you know what? The, the smallest things you never know could affect that other person in a positive way. So I'm always trying to do that say hello, um, you know, compliment somebody. Oh, you know what? Oh, I love that. I love that shirt you're wearing or, or I love what you're saying there because you just never know just doing those small little gestures and that could just make somebody's day. So that, I think that makes uh, life meaningful for me. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So my next two questions are around our overarching topic on the podcast, which is mental well-being. And so the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you? Giving yourself love. I think it's so, so important. We're always in our head going, oh, you know what? I'm not uh, tall enough, fast enough, smart enough. Uh, you know, I'm not good looking. We always tell ourselves these things in our head that, that a lot of times we wouldn't even tell our worst enemy, but we say to ourselves on a daily basis. So why is that okay? It's not okay. So it's, it's really learning that inner dialogue of what you're telling yourself on a daily basis. And once you're aware of what you're telling yourself on a daily basis, you can start to change it and start to say, you know what? I am good enough. I am. I, I am. I'm worth it. I can do what I want to do. I'm a great person. And it goes back to that self-love and that, that internal dialogue, changing it up, having those positive thoughts. And I think with this, and when we talked about self-love earlier, you've maybe already answered the second part of the question, but I'll ask it again or ask anyway, in case you want yeah. to add anything. So I always ask what you do, what people do to look after their own mental well-being. There's a lot of stuff you can do, but I mean, again, it's, it's, it's that grateful, the gratitude piece I think is, is huge. Just focus in on what is going well in your life right now. I know it, I know it sounds simple, but it's very, very hard, especially you, you alluded to it when you're angry and sad to do that. You know what I mean? I don't want to think about what it's good. I want to be angry. And, the, and so it, it's, it's tough sometimes to really do it. But if you can do it on a daily basis, it, it just it, it will change your life for the better. You'll, you'll start to think, you know what? My life isn't, you know, a lot of times you're, you, 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 we go down this rabbit hole, these negative thoughts. And once we change it, we go, you know what? Our, my life is great. I have a great life. I have a great family. I have good friends. I have food on my table. I have shelter. Things are going well in my life. You know, we're having perspective, you know, having perspective on what is, is, is going good. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, so my next question, and we've, we've talked about mindset, but I always ask, and usually it's a challenge for people, but I'm, well, I don't know. It might be, might not be for you. Uh, how would you describe your own mindset? Well, you know, I'm a human being. Like people say to me, oh, Paul, you're always upbeat. You're always blah. You're this and that. I'm not you, this and that. Well, I have bad days too, people. I, I get angry. I get sad. I get lonely, just like everybody else. It, it's no different. 
And I feel like if it, when I'm feeling that way, the things that I do to help me is one is I like to take a walk and I don't bring an iPad. You know, I love music. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm all about music. I listen to music constantly. But sometimes I like to walk and not have any music and just have my senses open, my eyesight, my hearing, my smell, and just let my mind wander. That really helps me get out of out of funks. And then, you know, I'll reach out to a friend. I'll talk to friends and tell people how I'm feeling. I have I have mentors in my life. I have a business coach for myself. You know, we bounce ideas off each other. So it it's just all about not suffering in silence. We can't suffer in silence. If you're if you have thoughts, negative thoughts, you're not alone. We all do. But don't suffer in silence. Please reach out for help. When you reach out for help, that is not that is not you being weak. That's you being strong and, and going in and, and saying to yourself, I'm not right, but I want to get right. So if you're not feeling yourself, reach out for help and, and, and realize the thoughts that you have in your head, how horrible you think they are. Every, a lot of other people have those same thoughts. So don't think that you're different than anybody else. Reach out for help. And when you do that, you'll, you'll realize that you go, oh, you know what? I am not, you know, I'm not alone here I, I other people feel the same way i do so i think that's the way yeah amazing thank you for that um that brings us to my favorite question to ask um which is the the kind of tip question i think already loads of uh, fantastic takeaways for people from what we've already talked about but do you have a top one to three tips that you'd like to leave us with of things that we could try in our lives that would have that could have a massive impact yeah, I think we we went over a lot of them. One is is that the morning practice I think is huge. Giving yourself patience, allowing yourself patience. We're in a society where we want everything right now, right now. You know, we get everything at the tip of our our fingers, and sometimes things don't go the way you wanted to go. And sometimes you have to put in the hard work, and sometimes that takes years to do. And you got to be okay with that. I think that's huge. And then the third is being present, being present in your day. Stop thinking about, oh man, well, I wish my life was 10 years down the road because when I have, when it's 10 years down the road, I'll have life figured out. No, you won't. I got news for you. It won't. The other things will come out in your life. So enjoy now. Don't worry. Have goals. I'm not saying don't set goals, set goals for yourself. Absolutely. But don't get bogged down if you're not where you want to be because you set a goal that you wanted to be Tony Robbins in six months. But, you know, you know, if you can do that, God bless you. But mo most people, it takes you longer than six months to get to that level. And you, you got to be OK with 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 going after it and, and, and struggling and failing and learning from it. Brilliant. Thank you so much for those. Um, then my next question is kind of a recommendation question. So I love to read and also a big fan of TED Talks. So do you have a book or a TED Talk that has been really impactful for you that you'd like to recommend to us? I, I have a book that I, I absolutely love. It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. It's a great, great book. Basically, it talks about she did a study about uh, West Point cadets on who actually graduates from West Point because it's very, very hard. And she realized it's not always the smartest student or the most athletic student. It's something called grit that gets you through. Somebody that just doesn't quit, just keeps going forward, even though it's hard, even though things aren't going the way that, that they keep getting up and keep going forward and forward and forward. And, and, I, and I feel like that's the definition of 
of me in my life because I've never been the most athletic or the smartest. I've always had to work harder than anybody else to get to where I'm at. And, and I think that's served me well in my life that, you know what, I understand that this is going to take some time. This is not something that can happen overnight. It's, it's work that needs to be put in. And I think a lot of people are in that situation where they do have to work hard and it's just putting in the work and putting in the effort. And if you love what you do, it's not always work. It's fun. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I've, I've heard of that one, but I've not read it. So um, thank you. I totally recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, um, you know, from your story, I, I, I think I said perseverance, but grit definitely sounds like something that you have a lot of to, you know, to kind of get to where, where you are and, and not let those things become obstacles in your life. Paul, thank you so much. That brings us to our final question, which is where people can connect with you. If they're interested in working with you, anything like that, uh, where can we find you? Okay. Thank you for asking me that question. So the easiest way to get in touch with me is through my website, a call to action.coach. And on there, I have a free guide on how I was able to rewrite my story, how you can rewrite your story and how you can maximize your day. It's absolutely free. So you just go on my website and get on that. And I also have developed a Facebook group called Rewrite Your Story, where we come together. There's no judgment. We just tell, tell our stories. We don't judge anybody. We just support each other. And then we have a monthly meetup every month where people come together through Zoom and we just talk. We talk about different topics and we lift each other up. And, and it's a space where we don't judge anybody. We just support. And uh, Hannah, love for you if you wanted to join. Rewrite your story. Um, I know that you would add a lot of value to our group. And uh, I know a lot of your viewers would as well. So Rewrite Your Story Facebook group. Please, please come and, and join in. Yeah, awesome. And I'm definitely going to check it out and we'll absolutely put it in the show notes and um, your website and everything so that people can find you nice and easily from there. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed hearing your story. Um, I definitely need to think about goals a little bit more for myself because I'm sort of in a, I don't know, I have some goals, but they, they feel a bit wishy-washy at the moment, if that makes sense. So I that's one of my big takeaways to really be present and think about what my goal is but not like obsess about it <laughs> still stay present uh, and have grit um so yeah thank you so much for joining us i appreciate you saying that and thank you for giving me the space to tell my story oh, you're so welcome so thank you again to paul for joining us and it's really funny as we were um, as I was editing and I record interviews sort of a month or so in advance or maybe a bit more than that actually and so when I come to edit often there are things I've I've just sort of forgotten that came up and actually um, as I was uh, kind of thinking about what I would say at the end I, um, I listened to a Brené Brown podcast episode recently with Angela Duckworth and I was like well I'm gonna I'm gonna mention that and then Paul gave his book recommendation as uh, Angela Duckworth's book about grit uh, so funny <laughs> sort of but actually um the reason I was going to mention that episode of uh, Brené Brown's podcast was actually more about distress and emotions and um and what they're sort of talking about is the importance of when you are feeling those big powerful emotions it's about noticing what's going on and then kind of sitting with that distress, which is the bit that we can find difficult and we want to sort of quickly move through and not feel it. Notice, sit with the distress. And then once you've done that, it's to kind of zoom out to that big picture of, you know, does it matter? 
because sometimes we get really focused on something and I think Brené Brown mentions this idea of like the the fives like is it going to matter in like five minutes five hours five days five weeks five years um and sometimes no sometimes yes so that was on Brené Brown's Dare to Lead podcast so with Angela Dr Angela Duckworth on grit and the importance of trying new things and really great episode um to dive into and I have just got a new audible credit uh so I was sort of thinking what am I going to download and I have not yet read or listened to grit but um having listened to the brand new round podcast and obviously coming back to this episode that's what I'm going to be downloading um so I'm going to be checking it out and I'm, I'm sure it'll be fab uh, add it to my reading list so I don't know when I'll get around to reading it but I will <laughs> and then the last thing I want to share um obviously Paul said about telling people your goals and that is something I've been thinking about getting a bit clarity on what it is that my goals are what I'm working towards Um, and he mentioned his Facebook group and actually part of my goal is something new and exciting which I am going to be launching soon and it's a little bit of a pivot maybe um it's it's kind of taking the whole of my experience and obviously mental wellness and well-being is a big part of what what I do and what I talk about and that is going to be part of this this new project but actually it's broader than that and it's scooping up some of the education child development parental support that I also do kind of from my teaching um so I am currently just finishing off a um a free pdf uh, on and I love alliteration as you'll was <laughs> here in a moment uh, taking the tension out of talking to your teen so it's um really sharing like communication um strategies and a bit of mindset a bit of all kinds of great stuff in there and that i'm hoping to launch it a little bit later into september um and at the same time i'm going to be launching a free facebook group called the happy healthy parent club and it is all about communication some parenting support and being able to answer some of those queries about child development supporting mental health in your child um special educational needs exam all those kind of stuff but also well-being support as well which is so important that um parents are people too and uh, looking after the whole of themselves in order that they can be the awesome parent that they want to be and the awesome person that they want to be um that you know i think we all and this is kind of the the gist of this podcast you know wanting to have joyful meaningful healthy lives and i think for parents being happy and healthy and also wanting that for your children as well so that's kind of what it's all about and that's all going to be kind of going live sort of mid september october sometime so i will tell you a bit more near the time but as paul said about telling people your goals i thought i would tell all of you (laughs) my goals that is my goal to to um finish that pdf and share it and to launch the facebook group to really be able to give more specific focused individualized well-being support and kind of parenting communication support to uh, to parents so people with teens or near teens so if that sounds like you stay tuned uh, for an update and yeah i'd love to have you in that community that's it that is it from me today this week we are going to be dropping down to one episode a week this month next week we will just be bringing you a monday episode and so this is something i mentioned previously i'm starting a counseling course uh, in september so doing the next step to become a fully qualified counselor or psychotherapist depending on how i feel when i'm doing it 
uh, as well as being a coach and teacher and all of that kind of stuff. So adding another string to my boat. So because of that and not wanting to sacrifice the quality of the podcast, we'll just be doing one episode a week. So as of next week, just Monday, hopefully you'll stay with us and hopefully that'll be okay. And if you're you know, on a backlog of episodes, hopefully we'll be like, yes. <laughs> um, because I can definitely sometimes feel a bit overwhelmed when there are podcasts I love and there are so many episodes. And I think it's that balance of, you know, providing content and people getting as much as they want, but not too much that they fall behind. And then that's difficult <laughs> as well because we want to listen to everything. So yes, next week, just the one episode, but hopefully you'll still enjoy it. It's still the same format, everything like that and definitely will be every Monday. So yes, I'll be back then. Until then, as always, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.